Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. everybody so glad you could join me tonight it's going to be a good one well it's always a good one but it's going to be a special good one tonight want to thank first of all ken quiet hawk for his amazing intro as always please check him out native storyteller on the internet he and his wife do an amazing job of of uh, preserving a talent a gift and a system of preserving an antiquity in story, and it's important that we know this kind of material to help us in in many ways to uh, provide another way of people and family to remember our history. Uh, Stories have always been a way of providing insight and wisdom through the generations, and uh, they have done a magnificent job. I have with me tonight Joe McQuill. And he's written a wonderful book called We're Not Done Yet, Pop, My Lessons from the Other Side. And it's a fresh follow-up book to his first book, My Search for Christopher on the Other Side. He continues to share his difficult journey and his father and son tale, We're Not Done Yet, Pop, My Lessons from the Other Side, will simultaneously finding inroads to connection and, and thriving on his ability to visit with his son on the other side at various thin places. Through their travels and visits to the thin places, we learn about both Joe and his son. We learn that Christopher struggled while at military school for a year and that Joe recognized this and pulled him out. We learn that Joe is a devoted member of AA and that his son struggles and the awareness that he suffered continue to pain him, even from the other side. But these struggles also continue to teach him how to be a better man and a better dad. Joe and Chris's story, which is told as a mixture of narrative, italicized visits with Chris from the other side, 
input and conversations with respected psychic mediums, a thread of music floating throughout is reliable to is reliable to anyone who has experienced loss or even anyone who has imagined it. Their words, father and son, speak directly to readers, providing courage, strength, hope, and connectivity, all delivered with a healthy dose of McQuillan, of McQuillan humor. This book provides comfort and solace for all of us, reminding us life is precious, and that although some may say we go only around once, we can continue to find connection with our loved ones from both sides of the veil. Joe has been married for 27 years and a father of three children, one on the other side. He was the youngest of 10 children from an Irish Catholic family. Although he has had two successful careers, he is at heart a blue-collar kid from Buffalo, New York. He spent 25 years in the automobile business. Starting as a salesman, he worked his way up to executive manager and partner in a number of different successful Chicagoland dealerships. After selling out in 2009, he began a second successful career as a mortgage broker, something that he does to this day. He sits on the board of Inbalance Ranch Academy, a boarding school dedicated to helping troubled teens with addiction. And after the loss of his son Christopher in a canoe accident in January 2016, he began running a charity golf outing to benefit both Inbalance Ranch and AMP. Penguin Players, a theater troupe of young adults with disabilities, NIU has set up a Chris McQuillan Spirit Award and scholarship to honor Chris. Joe is himself, 33 years sober and a member of AA, a fact that has helped him get close to God and help carry him through the dark times after his boy's crossing. His journey has led him to speak to teens with addiction and write a book, My Search for Christopher on the Other Side about his successful search for his son. So maybe this is career number three, probably, and there's probably more yet to come. I want to welcome you to the show, Joe. I'm so glad that you're here with us tonight. Thank you, Barbara. That's quite an opening. I appreciate it. Well, it's, it's you know, what, you, what you've done and what you're pre- presenting and providing for people is is just amazing, and certainly for those that have lost a child, it gives them hope, and it gives them, you know, so much, so much confidence in the fact that that there there is another side. I think for me, I've I've not lost a child. However, um, it, it it in many ways gave me a lot more um, confidence, solace, hope. Um, I have a couple of friends who. Um, are, they have dementia, and they yeah. were slowly losing them, and and yet you know that that within the the spirit is whole, and that when it transitions to the other side, they're they're still there. They're not lost. They're just stepping away for a while. So it it's it it does give you you hope that that once on the other side, when they become whole again, there is a, there is the ability and the possibility that that with practice we can touch in and reach out to them and, and touch into their energy once more. So um, you've, you've given a tremendous gift to a, a great number of people, and I'm so grateful that you put out both of these books. Well, I am I am too. You know, what, what I'm supposed to do now 
You know, I, I will tell you that, you know, and I just came back from last weekend being out in Phoenix where I, I spoke at Helping Parents Heal, which is an amazing organization for parents who've lost kids. And and the most important message, you know, I steal the title from the brilliant uh, author, Susan Giesman, who says, still right here, you know, that, that you know, is just trying to let parents know that they're, their, their children's spirit are still right here. You know, energy, energy, you know, doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't go away. Energy can't be destroyed. And, and because of that, you know, we know that if you can tap in, you know, that same spirit that, that used to inhabit a body on this side is just energy on the other side and they want to connect and, and, and to be honest with you, a lot of it has to do with, you know, you doing your part. You know, one thing I love that, that you said is that I know for a fact that when you do cross over, after a brief period of, of acclimation, you become whole. So, you know, if you lost a child, and I spoke to a number of parents out there this, this weekend, who've either taken their lives or through addiction, you know, that's healed. Once you, once you cross over, you do a life review, and there's, uh, there's no purgatory. There's no penance. You look at the life review, and, and then you rejoin your soul family, completely healed in your prime. So, you know, uh, when I see my boy, when mediums see my boy, they see him as a 21-year-old boy, young man, and that's the way they'll always see him. You know, my sister, who was Christopher's godmother that I adore, uh, adored, and she transitioned in 2019 and followed her beloved godson. You know, she had cancer. And so Christopher said, when she crossed over, he said, Pop, <clears throat> you know, she, we were all there. And he na- named all the siblings, her siblings that were there, my brothers and sisters. And he said, but then she had to go somewhere, like a spa. And when she came back, she yeah. was younger than when I, even when I was a kid. So that took a little while for me to figure it out because I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. That what <laughs> happens is you go somewhere and those maladies that crossed, you know, or the maladies are left here, but the trauma that crosses with you gets purged out. You know, and then you rejoin your soul family completely whole. So there's no learning disabilities, there's no addiction, there's no cancer, there's no depression. You know, you process oh, yeah. that out, and then you're, you're whole and in your prime. And, and I got to tell you, that's so heartwarming. <clears throat> and the way he told it, like a spa. I mean, what woman doesn't want to go to a spa, right? So oh, she yeah, had to go absolutely. somewhere. He said, like a spa. So, you know, all of those things that, that, that hold us back on this side don't once we transition over. I, ta- I tapped into a, a spirit for a friend of mine whose son had, had lost a leg. And, you know, she kept saying, is he okay? Is he okay? And I said, yeah. And, and his, her son kept, said, and it was so funny, he said, I'm so used to not having both legs. I keep knocking into people because I have both legs back again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How's that? You know? It just, it's, it's so cool. I think I think one of the one of the, the loveliest things is when when 
when people are able to reach over and touch into the spirit that's crossed over and reaffirm the fact that, that the personality is there, the sense of humor is there, the love is there, and the love is what connects us. And right. it's, our re- it's our job to be able to get to a spiritual place inside of ourselves, to be open to that connection. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And, 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 and it is. The personalities are the same. And, and, you know, my son was, you know, a sweet, funny, um, he was a little bit wild like his old man, you know. Um, you know he loved the underdog, you know, um, and, and sarcastic and, and, he, and witty, and he's the same way over there. You know, I, I asked a medium friend of mine, Andrew Anderson, or he asked me, do you have any questions? And this was early on. And I said, yeah, Andrew, ask Chris if I ever came up short, meaning as a parent. And, uh-huh. and, and Andrew laughed and said, Christopher said, God, no, Pop. You know, you never came up short. You are short, but you never came up short. Yeah. And he was laughing. You know, he, and then he said he's making fun of your haircut. You know, I happen to be, I happen to have a brush cut. And, and you know, I certainly, and I think one of the reasons, you know, uh, Barbara, that, that, that I'm a good ambassador for this is because I don't look like a good ambassador for this. You know, <laughs> I have kind of a, a, a bent nose and brush cut and, and uh, you know, I've been around, I've been around the track a long time and, you know, this, and, uh, yeah, I'm 65. I hung up my hockey skates two years ago. So I'm, I don't walk around in flowing robes and, and, you know, but I am sitting here talking to you with, with, candles and, and sage and I'm holding a, a a crystal in my hand so you know I take advantage of ev- all the edges all, anything that will give me an edge to connecting with uh-huh. my boy you know I I clear the energy I meditate you know um, I hand it out and if you're anybody in, in your audience wants my email is jbmcquillen m-c-q-u-i-l-l-e-n at gmail.com I put together a really good Steps for Connecting and Chakra Chart, which will help them find their way to reach whoever they're trying to reach, right? Oh, yeah. It, and I think that's, that's the one thing that, that um, so many people don't understand. It, it's, you know, we do have a responsibility to be able to be a good receptor and right. to answer the call, so to speak. And right. I think that... and. I, you know, isn't it fortunate that you were connected to AA, which is a very spiritual organization, so it helped you to, you know, get ready for this well before it actually happened? You know what I'll tell you? I'll tell you a great story. <clears throat> um, and I did. I found my spirituality, and I found my way back to my father, my heavenly father, through AA. Now, i got to uh-huh. tell you, you know, Christopher died in a canoe accident, and, uh, you know, four boys there were 12 kids all staying at this lake house. It was the last uh, weekend before they were going back to, 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 to school after Christmas break and partially frozen lake, a snoot full of alcohol. Um, you know, that, that, that bulletproof confidence of a 21 year old jumped oh, in yeah. a three man canoe and, and all four of them drowned, you know, and when, when I made it home, you have all the details to take care of. I had to get the body back home. I had to get a, I had to get a, uh, <clears throat> a 
funeral parlor. I had to get a plot. I had to get reception. I had to get all the things that go into it. So every night I would finish the day exhausted, get on my knees, and I thank my, my I thank God for my family and my recovery. But I would say, we're not good yet. You, we're not good, you and me, God. You took my kids. <laughs> and on the third night, I got into bed, and I got a message that said, I didn't take your son. Your son, recklessness and self-will caused him to come home early. And I welcomed him. And remember, I lost a son, too. So it was at that moment, Barbara, that I stopped blaming God or, or you know, for the, for the, act, the accident that happened. And I didn't know if because God was trying to maybe pass sins or I was being punished. But at that point, I realized that we have free will and we make yeah. choices. And, and God was another father holding me and helping me through those dark, dark days. And my relationship with, with, with the father has been you know, even stronger ever since that day. Plus, I know that my son is with him, right? He's in his uh-huh. world over there. And, and I know he's cared for you know, so, um, you know, recovery, which is, you know, the, I think of the 12 steps, eight of them mention God, right? <laughs> right. Oh, so, yeah. so it's all about God. It's all about, you know, name what you want to name it. I'm not a religious guy. You can call it higher power, the great spirit, Yahweh, God, whatever, the Trinity. You call it whatever you want to do. But it's, you know, it's the source that created everything that we're involved in. And both, all these worlds are all part of his world, his source, and, and he's the source. And, and, and so, you know, I think we have to humble ourselves a little bit or a lot to whoever created this, you know. And I know my son's on the other side with him, you know, and, and that comforts me. I think you know, it's always been my opinion, and when I've dealt with, with families that have lost a child, um, it's, I've always, it, it's held true. It may not be 100%, but I bet it's 90% that when this happens to a family, it's because the family is so strong, they are able to take this experience and, and in some way, shape, or form help other people through a similar situation. You see it time and time again. Children are, are, are murdered or children are you know, die in accidents or whatever. But when when families lose a child, for a while the family is is in turmoil. But then they 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 suddenly come together and take the experience and use it to help other people. And well, you know, I think yeah. Barbara, it's a bell that can't be unrung, right? I mean, here uh-huh. I'm going to tell you, it's a bad trade. I would rather have been abysmally ignorant to all things metaphysical and been able to go out and play around the golf with my son today, you know, but I don't get to yeah. make that choice. The event happened. It can't be undone. So what are you going to do with it? You know, the truth matter is I had to figure out now I'm not a naive guy. You know, as you read, I was a car dealer, you know, there's two things yeah. I'm impervious to be. I can't be bullied. And I can't be kind. So I wanted to find out if this metaphysical was real or if it was just a Band-Aid people used to, you know, to try to heal their broken heart, right? Uh-huh. And, and so that, that, that's where my journey started. You know, 
16 years before my son crossed, I actually saw a medium, kind of on a whim or a spiritual lark or something. And the, me- the meeting itself was not very significant because most people in my life had, there was no sense of urgency, right? But yeah. my parents had, had gone, you know, a number of years before, in, in pretty much in, in normal order. And, and so at the end of the reading, and I was getting ready to call it a day, she said, you know, your dad's here. And he's holding a, he's holding a caboose and he's telling you railroad. Now we we were a railroad family, Barbara. We my dad spent forty years on the railroad. My uncle was a railroad. My grandfather was a railroad. All five boys in school worked on the railroad. I was a and railroad lantern that I'm looking at on my bookcase. We were a railroad family. So when he she said that that my old man from the other side let me know that he was there. He didn't give me any answers to the universe. He didn't tell me the lottery numbers. He just let me know he was there so that 16 years later when I needed it, I could recall and say, wait a minute. If my dad is somewhere that's accessible, then my boy Christopher's with him. And I just had to figure out how to get there. And that started my search. And that, I've been at the search I've been on for six and a half years. Well, you seem to have really good contact with him. Um, you know, I, I've not I think read it's a quality book. to his energy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, 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 no. It has to be an equal type of thing. Yeah. Um, in in my experience, that yeah. that you two can connect, it has to be the same frequency, and that means you have to be at the same place within yourself. Yeah. And you know, and what? I, I I think we're twin flames. You know, I think well, we're yeah, twin I was, flames. Barbara. I was I was going to say something similar to that. It's it's just that there is a synchronicity between your spirits, and though he's in a place where he has access to greater understanding of it, you certainly are stumbling along the pathway well. So, <laughs> and I am which, stumbling. Which is, I'm following the breadcrumbs, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what we all do. But you know, it's it it must have been. I I'm sure in your first book. You talk about the first time that you you make connection with him. You want to share a little bit of that with it because sure. I mean, because I think that will fascinate people. You know, it, it was it was the one year anniversary. So, as I said, I I figured out that if in fact my old man was somewhere, then then my son was probably with him, and that was the key to to trying to figure out what's next. And I did a lot of research. Um, you know, Bob Olson wrote a great book about connecting to the other side, proof of the afterlife. You know, uh, John Holland, and I saw all these guys, and I, I had a bunch of uh, medium readings that were pretty impressive. And, you know, uh, it was, I'll tell you one moment that I went from knowing or believing to knowing was uh-huh. that, uh, and that was, Six months in, Christopher transitioned January 3rd, 2016. So on June 30th, and I'll tell you why I knew this date, of, of 2016, I had decided to go see a medium that I had seen on Bob Olson's website. I didn't even know at the time it was Bob Olson's website. And, you know, it mm-hmm. talked it's about mediums. Yeah. Oh, great. Sorry. He's, it's a one, he's a wonderful author, a great book. And, and, I, I found a guy that was in the western suburbs, and and I figured, you know what, I had 
the same medium that I had seen 16 years before, I had called and talked to a few times on the phone with great results. She told me things about the accident that I wouldn't know until I got the coroner's report, you know. So, uh-huh. I, you know, I believed it. I was a believer at this point. So then I said, I, but, but I'm, I want more. I want to look into the face of a medium who's looking at my child, at my son, while he communicates. So I, I found a guy that was close by through Bob, Bob Olson's, uh, and I decided that was the day I'm going to go see him on June, June 30th, 2016. Now, I did two things before I, uh, I left. Uh, the first thing that I did was that I took a bracelet that Christopher had given me when we were in Disney World when he was about four. And maybe five, and it said, "Dad on it." And it was a leather bracelet. I had thrown it in my desk drawer. Didn't even think about it. Hadn't touched it in, in 15 years, you know. So I, I, I took it out and put it on my wrist. And I hid. <laughs> this is a funny story, Barbara. Um, we buried him in January 8, 2016, in middle of winter. You know, snow, snow, frozen ground near Chicago, North Shore of Chicago. And, and when the snow melted, even though we had bought a number of plots, they had buried him next to another couple. So it looked like he was their child. And I was living. Uh-huh. You know, this kid was nobody but my son, you know. Maybe I'd share him with God, but he was my boy. And, uh, yeah. and so I actually had to move him over one plot. And I'll occupy the plot he was in. So I had him reinter him and put him in the spot. So there's, there's a little between the two. And I'm so glad I was moved by spirit to do that. And every time I visit the grave, which is often, I'm grateful I did it because it's perfect. And like I said, I'll be in that spot next to him. You know, I've since subsequently also buried his dog, our Labradors. Uh, uh, some of her ashes are buried next to him in that spot too. So, but what I did is I, I had ordered shamrock seeds from Amazon because the, the, the dirt was loose around his grave because they had just recently moved him in and put the headstone. And so I had stopped at his grave and planted the shamrock seeds. So two things, I put on that bracelet under my cup, stopped and planted shamrock seeds. Then I drove out to Hoffman Estates to see this medium, a wonderful medium named Andrew Anderson. And I walked in and Andrew sat down in pleasantries and he said, your son is here and he's beautiful. You know, but he also suffered every once in a while from a little darkness. Sometimes he didn't want to be on this side. And I said, yeah, we knew that. He said, your son's acknowledging that you celebrated something, that your family was together yesterday for something. What anniversary? Well, thinking back, it was my wife and my wedding anniversary, which, of course, we didn't celebrate because we lost our son. But my family, he said, had gotten together on the other side and celebrated, including Christopher. He said, Christopher acknowledges that you're wearing the bracelet he's given you, that he had given you. And Christopher is acknowledging you stopped and planted something in his grave. You know, that's the moment, Barbara, I went from believing to knowing. I knew this was 10 minutes into this reading, and it was buckle up. Look to this info that I'm given. And and it was so very validating that not only was Christopher on the other side, but he could communicate, connect, talk about dates, talk about. So my path continued for this year, the following year. And and 
mediums and going to spirit circles and and sitting in on and lectures and research and reading and and all of this I was writing down and 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 putting it, a date and putting it in a a file cabinet according to date and I assumed what I was going to do Barbara is at some point I was going to open up this you know sit on a deck with a cigar read these notes and make me feel close to my son that's what I thought I was doing everybody else on the other side knew what I was doing was putting together you know, uh, information for for a book. So uh-huh. on the first anniversary of his crossing, on the first anniversary of his crossing, it, it was January. Uh, it was uh, January third, two thousand sixteen. Well, I or seventeen. I had started getting up at three o'clock in the morning and coming into where I'm talking to you from right now, which is my home office, but it used to be his bedroom, and and. And I would come in here and light stage, do a guided meditation, and just feel him around me. And that was that was enough. That was I felt closer to him, and that was very helpful. <clears throat> but on this anniversary, all of a sudden, I, I I I came in, went through my routine, lit the sage, lit candles, had a picture of him, did a meditation, and all of a sudden I started getting a download from him. And he said, it's like a beach, Dad, pink and beautiful, warm, but the colors are soft, blue, vibrant. The air is warm surrounding us. It's air and love. Nothing hurts. Warm and happy. Always young. Miss you, Dad, but I'll see you soon enough. And then he said to me, you got to let go of the resentment. It wasn't Scotty's fault. I love Scotty. He loved me. He was my pal. And what that was about, Barbara, was that, Scotty was the young man whose parents owned the lake house. And I was a little mad that there was no supervision. Now, the truth of the matter is they were 21 years old. They weren't babies. You know, they were yeah. making bad decisions at school. They were making bad decisions here. It wasn't his fault. But being Irish, you know, the old, you know Irish Alzheimer's is where you forget everything but the grudges, you know. <laughs> I wanted to hold on. I wanted to hold on to this resentment. And he was saying, and I'm writing this down, like, what is going on here? Am I going off the reservation? You know, all of a sudden I'm, I'm getting messages. But I just stopped thinking and started writing two pages. And I was just absolutely amazed. And finished writing, figured, okay, I'll process it another time. You know, that day was his anniversary. So Sally and I were going to meet at his grave at at, at dawn, at at, at, uh, at sundown, we were going to light a Chinese lantern and honor our boy. Well, about three thirty, I get a text from one of his fraternity buddies, and these kids are like, they're blue collar kids just like me, you know, and I love them to death. And they're all part of our family, and they've stayed so loyal to their friend Chris. And they said, Mr. McHugh, a few of us are going to meet at the grave at three thirty. Could you join us? And I threw a hockey cooler with some beer and Gatorade. And some cigars and went to the grave and I got there and the circular driveway to the cemetery was full. There were 40 kids celebrating Christopher. They all counted that coconut telegraphs that the kids have 40 kids uh-huh. from grammar school to high school to college. And one of the first kids I saw there was Scott. And I was able to embrace him and say, Hey, Chris loved you. It's not your fault. You know, so Christopher was preparing me for that moment. 
So that was the first download I got from him a year after his transitioning. And we still to this day, twice, maybe twice a month, I get shaken out of bed, get woken up, and I come in my office, and, and he shares messages that he wants me to share with other people. And that's what I do. He talks about what the afterlife is. He talks about how, what I'm supposed to do, my path. You know, and some of it's very personal about family. But I just uh-huh. do the same thing I did from six and a half years ago. I just, six years ago, I just write it down, you know, and know that it's a loving message from my boy and that we'll see each other soon enough. Well, that, you know, you, you certainly were open and trusted so that what flowed through you was genuine and pure. Um, some, you know, and I think sometimes people have to understand that sometimes there's a wonderful connection and sometimes there's not. You have to be okay with there's not and, and <laughs> be, you know, because you know, that does happen. And, sure and it it's, it's it's sort of like when, when you when you get something that's channeled, when you get something that comes from the other side, there is a feeling that is so absolute that there's no question that this, this no. flowed from another place, not your consciousness. Oftentimes it's the way the verbiage and the way things are said, but there's a feeling that, you know, sometimes you'll write something and I'll, I'll say to people, your ego is really, really good at pretending to be something it's not, but you can tell, you can feel it. And, and when you get something from spirit, when, when spirit is sending something through, there is a flow. It's almost as though you're not controlling the pen. You know, the crazy thing is it's such an accurate statement. So at one point, Christopher was telling me about relationships. It was actually about his sister's relationship that he said wasn't going to last, and it didn't. We didn't like the guy. (laughs) I guess Chris took care of that first. But he said, Dad, relationships should be like yours and mom's. It should flow. It should be like a canoe going through water. Now, Barbara, do you think there's any way in the world I would use a canoe analogy? You know, my son drowned in a canoe. So... You know, it was almost those kind of offhanded things that let you know that it's not you. You know, I, I went to some amazing meetings. I went to Andrew Anderson. I went to Thomas John, and I showed them these writings. And I said, tell me. And they both said, yeah, that's just Chris coming through. Honor that. Take them all down. Pay attention. You know, catalog it. Keep it straight. And, and, I, yeah. and I do what they told me. You know, another time he said to me, I know it scares you, Pop, getting this close to the other side. And the truth of the matter is it doesn't. It doesn't scare me a lick, right? But the fact that oh, he yeah. was wrong is validating, right? They're not, they're oh, yeah. not omnipresent. They're not God. They're just, ener- they're just souls, energy, spirit on the other side. So the fact that uh-huh. he was wrong gave me validation that, that, that it is him. You know, he's made a mistake one time we were talking about you know, an event in, in, in Arizona, and he said old Tucson, and it wasn't. It was old Scottsdale. And I thought, that's great. He made a mistake. <laughs> you know, he's, <laughs> you know he, he's not perfect. He's, he's, no, no. he's a, an evolving spirit on the other side, and the validation is that he can make a mistake. They're not on the present. They're not God. You know, they're just you know, and, energy. You know, I- 
I think one of the things, too, I, I've heard some psychics and mediums say that, you know, animals don't have <clears throat> don't have spirits, and that's not true because no. I see them on the other side all the time. And, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are t- tons of people out there that have lost an animal that they loved, and, and I'm a cat person. So I have often, when when one of my cats has been with me for 10 or 15 years, um, after they have passed, I will feel them jump on the bed. I know yeah. they're there. Right. So, you Chris know, has told just, me uh, about our Labrador. Oh, yeah. We've had two Labradors, one that he was there when, when you know, I, I, the dog was six months old and we brought Chris home from the hospital. And and uh-huh. he and he was there when we sent her home, and and many mediums said he's there with a big yellow white dog, you know, and that was Casey, and then Cassidy transitioned just this May, which was his dog also. He just adored her. They were best friends, and he told me he said, Pop, the minute she crosses, you know, she won't be lonely. I'll be there, and then he came uh-huh. through and said. You know, when she crossed, she ran right to me, and he said she was running, playing, and laughing. And she was 14 after all lab, so all of a sudden she was a pup again. You know, and the oh, next yeah. day, my, my my wife did a reading, had a, a reading that she had scheduled with a wonderful medium named Jill Nicole. And Jill said, you have two dogs on the other side, and we had just, the dog, our lab had transitioned the day before. And she, she said, yes. She goes, one just recently. And Sally said, yeah. Cassidy just transitioned yesterday. She goes, she's with Chris running and playing and, you know, jumping up and down, kind of obnoxious, but really sweet. You know, <laughs> and that was our dog, you know. So I know, you know, the Irish say, Barbara, that the, heaven's a place where, you're, where your dog talks and your dad's always young, you know. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Cause I'm, I know I'm going someday too. You know, and I'm not worried a lick because I know what it's like. Because Chris told me. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I would bet you have a lot of work to do before you get there. Want to want to share a little bit um, with with our listeners about the ranch, which I think it, it sure. sounded like such a fabulous place to go to, and um, yeah. that that. Um, Let's see. What was it called? It's called the Balance Ranch. In Balance Ranch Academy, and and it's and it's run and operated by, uh, you know, uh, the Barrasos, Patrick and Betsy Barrasos, and and we were worried about my son. I'm going on almost 38 years sober now, and we were worried about our son genetically. You know, kind of had the McQuillan curse, you know, and and so through a wonderful educational consultant. We found this uh, amazing place, and it used to be a dude ranch in the middle of uh, uh, Sierra Vista, which is maybe, you know, 10 miles from, from Tombstone, in a town too tough to kill in Arizona, southern Arizona. And, and Patrick's vision was to, to put this ranch on to help boys with addiction from 14 to 18 years old. So we sent Chris out there for a year, and then he stayed on his staff. He was a life coach and kind of a legend, and they loved him out there. In fact, there's a uh, one of the one of the uh, bunkhouses for the kid, one of the residents for the kids who, who stay there. It's 
It's called McQuillan Manor. They built a new bunkhouse in, in Christopher's honor. They, they built a new fire pit dedicated to that, to my boy. So I believe a piece of my son will always be in the desert out on that ranch because they helped bring the best part of my son back to me. You know, he, he grew in spirituality. You know, he, he, you know, he, he would do sweat lodges, uh, you know, fire pits, you know, uh, you know, all, all kinds of spiritual uh, journeys he took there. So the, the ranch, uh, you know, we, we, we raise money for the, for imbalance ranch through the, the golf outing that I do and, and in other ways and, and it, for, for scholarships. So it's an expensive uh, you know, thing to send the kid away to school and, and most parents don't, can't, can't afford it. You know, I, I'll go out there and, and, and I love it because it'll just be, it'll be me and the boys for about 45 minutes, me and about 30, 40 boys. And, and these kids were all just like me, Barbara, you know, arms crossed, you know, know they have all the answers. Well, by the end of our little conversation, our little, our little powwow, you know, we're hugging, crying, trading phone numbers. And, and, and it's because I, I am them, you know, I am that kid. You know, I didn't learn about this through books. You know, I am, and and, and I was I was saved by people like the Barrasos and 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 by the loving hand of God that I could be a useful member of society and do some service. So, you know, I do service work that way. I do service work with parents who who've lost kids. You know, and the ranch is an amazing place. You know, if anybody wants to make a donation, it's in Balance Ranch Academy. You know. Um, you know, they, they, they just do a fabulous job and, and, you know, it, it's, it's so spiritual, you know, and it's, and it's, it's wonderful watching these boys, including my boy transition from, you know, you know, a, you know, a hard nosed kid that knows everything to a loving child, a God looking to help others, you know? And, and so, you know, that was, that was Christopher's journey out there. And, and I, I'm, you know, I, I still, I was out in the desert, you know, speaking at this uh, at this uh, uh, helping parents heal conference, and just standing out on the balcony overlooking the desert, I could just feel my boy all around me. A piece of his spirit will uh-huh. always be part of that. Well, I think that that one of the things that I have found and that I have seen is that working with animals of any kind, but especially horses, yes, um, they have an amazing ability to intuit what's going on inside your head um yes. i have seen rescue uh one rescue um person who was working with horses she was working with um autistic children and the horse could read the child and then tell her what the child was thinking and feeling so um it 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 makes perfect sense to put put them in charge of these huge wonderful loving beasts that are you know so powerful and so gentle two thousand pounds and and you know i'll tell you a funny story so um when christopher was out there he had a a a, a, his his horse they matched him up with kind of a a wild indian pony named emma who was a palomino or pinto and uh, a beautiful paint and chris was so proud of, of her and showed a lot of pictures of her and when we were out there visiting, she would show me and introduce me to, to Emma. And and two years ago when I was, I, I went out the, out there and uh, I talked to the boys and, and uh, 
I was taking a trip to Sedona too, you know, just a thin place. So I went to in, in, in the ranch and I talked to the boys and I walked around and and just felt him everywhere. And and as I was leaving, I was passing the corral by the main gate and I texted my wife and I said, "Hey, what was the name of that horse that Christopher was connected with?" And so he said, "Zeba." And so I yelled over a couple of the ranch boys. I go, hey, guys, where's Emma? And they said, over in that pasture over there. And I walked over the gate, and there were eight or nine horses. And I did what I I ducked under the gate and stood in there in, in the corral. And dang, if Emma didn't, of all the horses, Emma walked right up to me and put her head on my shoulder. You know, oh, wow. it was like she knew I was Christopher's dad. And that, uh-huh. and that you know. And I just said, thanks, Chris. You know, how much more yeah. validation do I need, you know? So I've got a picture well, of me, and me standing next to Emma and him standing next to Emma six years apart, you know? I think I think that's one of the things that, that dealing with the spiritual aspect and coming more in tune with it within yourself and within your life, you notice the synchronicities more than than most people will. I mean... <clears throat> I mean, I, I when I was reading your book, I happened to look outside, and um, I've got a big pine tree right outside my living room, and there were 24 cardinals in the tree. <laughs> you know, and that was I, Chris validating, said, hey, you're going to be talking to my old man soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like, okay, this was this was one of those those signs that you know Joe got. And here they were. Now I have a bird feeder, so um, you know it's not unusual for me to get. But but to get a huge number of cardinals suddenly is unusual, and and I thought that was kind of fun. And it was like, you know, okay, I get it. <laughs> and and the thing is, I can only imagine people spirits are sending people signs all the time, and knocking on the window trying to get their attention. And like shaking their heads, you know, Albert Einstein once said, you have to approach life that like everything's a miracle or nothing is a miracle, you know, and everything is a miracle. And if you look for the signs, I get them all the time. I get the validation all the time. I get the help all the time. And I know where it's coming from. You know, before maybe I questioned it or wondered or guessed, but now I know, you know, and, and, you know, and I'm not afraid to ask for specifics. I'll say, hey, pal, I wouldn't mind seeing a cardinal right now. I could use a little validation. And dang, if one won't just fly in front of my face and, and, and fly to a branch and sit up there, you know. And, you know, and it's not party tricks, you know. It's energy. And, that you know, Chris isn't that cardinal. He's sending that cardinal as a harbinger, as a messenger, just to validate oh, yeah. he's on the other side. It's just like, don't forget, I'm here, man. Yeah, I think that, that those people who have, who have lost, especially a child, um, needed to get, you know, it, it would help them. The more, the more sensitive they become to what's happening around them, <clears throat> the, more, the, more sens- the more sensitive they are to even the music that plays on the radio and the words to the songs they're listening to. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's... There's been, you know, a man in, in Times Square that has a sign around his neck that says the end is near. And, yeah. of course, he's been, he's been there for generations. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
that sign must be passed down, father to son to father to son. But but the reality is, the more aware you are as to the signs that Spirit's giving you, the richer your life is, for sure. You know, I'll and, tell you something. And, here's, here's a cool okay. story. So my sister, Marsha, who was Christopher's godmother and a real source of love for me, I mean, a huge source of love. She was one of my older sisters. I'm the youngest of 10 kids. And she loved me even when I wasn't lovable. She adored my boy. That was her godson. And, and you know, she, after Christopher transitioned and, and she'd gone a couple, she left a couple years after, she said to me, she said, honey, Joey, I read your book. You gave me the greatest gift. I read your book, I'm Not Afraid to Die. That from somebody that provided so much love and support that a year later on my birthday, I always see a medium on my birthday. I saw uh-huh. this Jill Nicole out in the western suburbs. And she said, you know, Chris is here, but he's taking a step back for a woman, since she knew nothing about my sister, for a woman who has the title of sister, mother, godmother, and aunt. <laughs> I go, yeah, I think that's Marsha. And she yeah. said, did she, use, did she call you Joey? And I said, yes, she did. Because she's saying Joey. Thank you for the greatest gift, right? I mean, those are the miracles. Those are, And so you either buy it or you don't. And if you don't, come on, man, I feel bad for you. You know, there's, there's oh, yeah. you know, somebody that loves you is trying to connect, and, and, and you're just putting your shoulder against the door, right? You know, take, I always tell people, take a leap of faith. You know, and if I'm wrong, we'll refund all your misery, right? But if I'm right, <laughs> if I'm right, then somebody you love is accessible to you. You know, what a miracle that is. What a grateful place I am. You know, I, you and I said it before, I'm not ready to go, right? I, I have work to do on this side. I have a, you know, anybody who said time heals all wounds hasn't lost a kid. Right. So yeah. there's a part of my heart will always be broken. I don't care how much I know about the other side or connecting. I miss him in the flesh terribly, but I have a full, loving, committed life. Right. I do service work. I work. I'm a good employer. I'm a, a wonderful family guy. I love to golf with my friends. You know, I have this full life, but I'm always going to do it with a piece of me, piece of my heart broken. But I tell you what. If God said to me, hey, pal, you're in the lineup tomorrow <laughs> on the other side, <laughs> I'm okay because I live this life beyond my wildest dream on this side, and then I get to cross over and be with my son and family on the other side. So, you know, I can tell you that there's not a, a thought in the world that I'm afraid of dying. Well, I, that's a good thing. But I, I suspect you have a lot to do before that time comes. Oh, yeah. I'm not welcoming um, it. I'm not doing it. But it holds no fear. You know, I saw people, uh-huh. especially during COVID, that just held on so tight. You know, held oh, on yeah. so tight. You know, and it's like, folks, it's okay. You know, it's it's okay. You know, this isn't it. You know, I laugh because people go out of town. People go to town to get on the internet and look up restaurants, hotels, you know, everything, highways, exits, you know, and that's going away somewhere for, you know, a couple of days. We're all eventually going to the other side. And how many people take the time to figure out what that means? 
What is the other yeah. side of the bow? What does it look like? I mean, I'm lucky because my son tells me. You know, he's let me know what the other side's like. I've had mediums well, tell me through Chris. According to the spiritualist church, they call it Summerland. And from from what I can tell, any time I've seen it, it's always been, you know, between dusk and, you know, twilight and that, that time frame. But Summerland kind of fits because it's it's peaceful and warm and full of love and full of compassion. It's almost like Disney made it, you know, with birds <laughs> tweeting and chipmunks all over the place. It's just, you know. You know, I've seen Chris in meditation, and he's by a pool, not a, not, not a swimming pool, but like a, a natural pool pond, and he's got uh-huh. white khakis and rolled up like a linen shirt with sleeves rolled up to the cuffs, to, to, the, to the elbows. And and he's tan and smiling and beautiful and happy. And it's around that dusk area that you're talking about. And it's perfect. And he loves it. You know, he's told me, he's described, he said, look, Pop, your side, your your side is like, it's like football camp. And I played ball in a shot. He said, you know, it's a lot of work, a lot of sweat, physically, you know, depleting. You get injuries. You know, it's competition. He said, but you're with your friends and you're really loving it. That's your side. Uh-huh. He said, it's nice. He said, my side's like a beach bungalow in Maui. My side's better, Pop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. So, you know, it's like enjoy this life because all the gifts that God gives us, all good gifts that he gives us is here. But then when we cross over, it's, it's, it's you know, it, heavens opens up for us. And and, and oh, that's yeah. our new reality, you know. That's our new reality. Well, I think I think one of the things too you mentioned in the book, and and I mentioned it in the intro. I talked about uh, thin veils, and yeah. for those who who aren't who don't understand what those are, um, maybe you could you know talk a little bit about that because um, I, I love that. Yeah. You know, I, I wrote it. I wrote a chapter in the second book. I call it, you know, about you know, it's it, 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 it's thin places. It's where the, the veil, or the, you know, the separation between the two worlds is the thinnest. And and uh-huh. and some of them are just natural thin places. Um, some of them are more personal. I go to his grave all the time. Now I know he doesn't live there. I know that he comes there uh-huh. and follows me there when we visit. But the connection there, the energy there. It's at the Sacred Heart Cemetery. It's open 24 hours. It's absolutely beautiful. And the energies there is just perfect. I look out into the hedges, Barbara, and I imagine when he'd be coming home from Tucson with his duffel bag over his shoulder and a big smile coming through the security gate at O'Hare. And I see him coming through those gates, you know, through the, through the bushes there. And I feel him, and then we just share. We're just there, connected, mm-hmm. being with each other. And I love that. So Sacred Cemetery is a thin place for me. Uh, another thin place for me, you know, is this office that I'm in right now, which was his bedroom. I feel him around. I smell him. I know when he's here. You know, it's a thin place. I went to Sedona expecting to be wowed, and I was really <laughs> disappointed. I got to Sedona, yeah. and it was like, yeah, okay, this is okay. You know, but I really thought I was it was going to be like on the big roller coaster, right? 
You know, I've yeah. subsequently learned from experts that, that the vortex has shifted. You know, it's not what it was. You know, I missed it. You know, no. <laughs> I, I, missed the, I missed the shift, you know. And then later on that summer, I went to Lilydale, which is the oldest spiritual community, spiritualist community in the country. And it's not far uh-huh. from where I grew up, but I didn't realize that. And I went there, and I was hesitant to get too excited because I had been disappointed in Sedona a couple of months before. And I went there, and I got to tell you, there's a place called Inspiration Stump, where every day, twice a day, mediums meet there, and there's benches, you know, built in, and everybody sits around, and the mediums just walk around greeting people, and they've been doing it for 200 years, or you know, no, 100 years. So I think it was 1900, you know. So uh, it uh-huh. was, you know, so so you know, I think it was 1900 that. Uh, 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 that, that they it, start, it was started, and 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 I went there and I, I set my alarm, and at three o'clock in the morning I, I grabbed my uh, flashlight and, and walked down through the. We were staying at an inn right at the right on the property. Now this place, in order to be a medium there, you have to be crazy certified to own property there. You've got to be a medium. It's very closed in. People come from all yeah. over the world. And I tell anybody that's listening, go to Lilydale. Just do it, you know. And so I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning and walked through It's called Llewellyn Woods. It's information stump. And I don't know if I ever felt energy around me as I did that day, just walking through the woods, approaching it. I mean, there's a uh-huh. pet cemetery. I just felt like my body was on fire, elect- not negative, like electrically charged. I just felt tingles all over it was incredible. Oh, yeah. And when I got to the, when I got to the inspiration stump, in the clearing itself, it kind of settled down, and it was pleasant and nice. And and I kind of hoped to catch an EVP, you know, and and put a I put a recorder on the stump, and and then you know that, that wasn't his style, so it just didn't happen. But then going back uh-huh. to the woods, it all started again. It's like somebody, you know, it's like you're getting rushes from the head to your feet of electricity. And how do you deny that? You know, and, and that's just thousands of you know, people come in there and energy and, and spirits all coming to, to commune and connect with their loved ones, you know? And so I was just wowed by that place. So that place is a thin place. You know, there's thin places all over to continue to find out, you know, um, and it's just, uh, do, there, there, there is in, in Lilydale, isn't there's an energy vortex there. So yes, um, yes. The 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 energy certainly it it's it's sponsored. It was set up originally by the spiritualist church. So yes, yeah. They they are definitely very careful about who goes there and reads there and stuff like that. There's another spiritualist camp in called Casadega in Florida. I just I don't I know. Trying to get there last year. It's around Tampa. Um, you know, it's uh-huh. a little north of Tampa, and, and it's smaller, but I was trying to make yeah. it. I just referred somebody who's in the Jacksonville area who wanted to, uh, who was, you know, looking to connect with the medium. And I said, you know, I don't know anybody in Florida, but try this place. You know, they're, they've, it's pretty well-known um, spiritualist community. So, yeah, I, I, I've got it on my website. I, I mean, I, I've got it well, on my yeah, homepage. Not- not quite the reputation of Lilydale, however. So no, um, no. I hear it's smaller I mean, and a little dankier, but 
But, you know, I mean, heck, how bad can it be? You know, I meant to get there. I was out in Florida for a couple months this spring. And I just, uh-huh. you know, with family coming in and out, I just never was able to connect there. But, I mean, I'm a big fan of, of seeking out thin places. Your own or, you know, I went to where Christopher transitioned, where he drowned. I went there twice. And here's a crazy story. So the first time I went there, it was, this place was a summer house, right, on the summer lake. So no, I knew nobody would be there. I was out actually visiting a client in, in the Chicago suburbs. So I knew I was near the Wisconsin border. I said, hey, I'm going to just keep riding out and see, you know. And and I got out there. And, uh, and in my car, I had gotten a message from Chris to put bring some roses, white roses, to his first grade. So I was going to go there the next day because it was close to the, it was the day before his anniversary. So I, I drove out there and literally walked, you know, the hundred yards or whatever from the driveway. So the people weren't there. They were back in their home in the north, in the north suburbs. And I was in a suit and, and said, you know, I'm going to get wet shoes and wet cuffs, but it's worth it. I want, I'm going to go down to the lake. I'm going to, and I got halfway down, I got a message from Chris that, you know, he had, he had, he had drowned with four, three friends. And, he, uh-huh. and, and the message was, take four of the roses and throw them on the lake. So I took the four roses out of the dozen, walked down, probably, you know, maybe a foot, you know, three quarters of a foot worth of snow, walked down to the lake, threw the, threw the, 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 the roses in. And, and I got a message that said, don't come back here, Pop. This is just a place. It's just a lake. So, so it's not a thin place. So I said, okay, buddy. And I, and I hung out for a second, cursed the lake a little bit, walked back, looked down, and even though my footprints were deep into the snow, my shoes and cuffs were entirely dry. Wow. You know, and it was it was like, well, that's you know that's wild, you know. Except that I'd been experienced enough of this stuff that I just kind of laughed. And either that was him messing with me a little bit, or he didn't didn't want me driving an hour and a half home with wet shoes and cuffs. But either way. I had perfectly dry pant cuffs and perfectly dry leather uh-huh. shoes, you know, and I, and, and, and I was told not to come back. You know, nothing, it's not like the lake is bad, right? It's just that it doesn't hold anything for him. There are other places that do, and that's not one, you know, so I continue to find the, the thin places and seek them out. You know, Florida, Siesta Key, I'm sitting here with a, a little jar of Siesta Key sand. I didn't know this until I wrote the first book. I was finishing the first book. And my, I went to my friend Al. He got married, my dear, dear friend. And his first wife had passed away of cancer maybe 15 years ago. And, and I was out there for the wedding. And it was the same year Christopher transitioned. It was November of 2016. I didn't want to go to a wedding. But, you know, I'd go through fire for Al. And so I went to this. And after the reception, everybody's, you know, having their parties or whatever. You know, I saw my opportunity for an Irish goodbye and just took off, jumped in the rent a car. And in the GPS, I just put beach. So I got to Lido Key and Siesta Key, two wonderful beaches, two nights in a row. 
where I just felt Chris all amazingly through me. Just He walked through me that night. And it uh-huh. turns out that Siesta Key, the sand isn't sand. It's quartz crystal. It flowed down from the Appalachian Mountains 2,000 years ago. Now, when Alan told me that, when I was telling the story, I thought this was probably an urban myth, right? Urban legend. So I researched. Uh-huh. But dang, Siesta Key is quartz crystal. And that's why you can walk on Siesta Key in your bare feet if it's 95 degrees and it's never hot because it's not sand, oh, wow. it's quartz crystal. So I, whenever I'm in Florida and I make sure I'm there every year, at least once or two, a couple times a year, I'll go to Siesta Key in the middle of the night, you know, and I'll go on the beach and I'll feel my sun around me. So for me, thin places, beaches, specifically Siesta Key, but also Lido Key, a little less Vanderbilt Beach and Naples Beach. But for some reason, Gulf Beaches, maybe just because he loved them. Gulf Beaches are thin places for me. And I feel his energy every time I go there. And I go there every time be. I'm south. Yeah. I have found that, that thin places for me often have water around them. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I don't know, you know, if there's any really specific reason for that. It just happens to be that I, I am a person who, who loves water, running water, or, you know, water that is alive, whether it's ocean water or lake water or whatever. So long as it's flowing or alive, um, those seem to be elements that, that make it easier for me to sort of um, open that door and flow into other realms. And... Um, it's it's amazing how the more aware you are as to how you feel in an area sometimes you know sometimes an open field the center of an open field can can be the 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 most thinly veiled ever um and and it is just you have to be i guess more aware of your feeling of peace tranquility and sometimes there's an energy there that you tingle with that that yeah. lets you know that 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 there is there is a connection there if you want to make it. But you've got to do. And, a, I love what you just finished with. You've got to do your part. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm sure you remember the days when <clears throat> cell phone reception was kind of sketchy, and you'd have to go out <laughs> on somebody's balcony or or out on a dock yeah. or something. It, well, you know, and and I think that's the same thing. You would do whatever you could to enhance that reception. And that's what I think we have to do. You know, remember our energy level, you know, our energy vibrates a lot lower than spirits on the other side. So they've got oh, yeah. to lower their energy. We've got to raise ours. We've got to do the work. You know, that's why you cleanse. You know, why, why I use um, sage. That's why I cleanse. That's why I have, you know, I try to meditate. That's why I align my chakras. You know, I don't look like a guy that would align his chakras, believe me. You know, you've seen the pictures in the book, you know. I have, and, and, yep. And Christopher says to me, that's why, because people might hear this message from me that they might not hear from somebody else. But I remember speaking early on, I was at Wilmette Theater with this wonderful gal, Jen Weigel. It's kind of like the Pied Piper, the metaphysical here in the Chicago area. And a woman said to me, you know, my sister's been gone five years. And I haven't heard from her. <laughs> you know what I just said? What have you done? 
to connect with your sister? Why is it her responsibility to reach out to you? You know, why don't you uh-huh. start? Why don't you start the communication? Why don't you learn to meditate? Why don't you align your chakras? Why don't you enhance the cell connection? You know, why don't you burn sage? Why don't you get off your butt and do a little work instead of complaining that nobody's calling you on a Saturday night to go out dancing, right? So sometimes you've yeah. got to start the cycle, you know. So I, I, meditation is a huge key. I never learned how to meditate before Christopher transitioned. I never knew how to meditate. I learned. You know, I'm a different guy than I think than one, of the, one of the one of uh, the most open places I have ever been at at one point in time. I was married to a sea captain, and um, mm-hmm. he, in his time off, uh, he was the captain of a 140 foot square rigger that sailed out of um, Atlantic City. And we did night cruises, and we would have like sixty people on board nice. and I can remember I can remember going out into the ocean, and the the squares were all open, the engines were off, and it was funny where there had been talking and chatter and all sorts of stuff going on suddenly there no one said a word, and everyone was just a part of the moment. And it was the most magical moment I've, I've felt in a long time. And it was funny because when the engines finally went on and we came, went back, you know, people got off and they looked almost mystified at what had happened. Yeah. And, and I heard somebody say, I don't know what happened, but it was like magic. And yeah. all I could think of was, oh, jeez. If you had only taken that energy and used it, if you had only merged with it, if you had only let it speak to you, um, you know, those those moments, when we catch them, it's important to take them in and, and use the energy because it's a gift from the universe, absolutely. And, you know, I think what happens is that when they first happen, you're kind of just, dazed and startled and then later yeah. on you start acknowledging what they are here's a great line I'm, I'm a big fan of Jimmy Buffett Chris was a big fan of Jimmy Buffett and there's a line that always reminded me and it said he's somewhere on the ocean now a place he ought to be with one hand on the starboard rail he's waving back at me and I see my boy you know and, and maybe your sea captain you know waving back Happy, happy as a clam, you know. Yeah. Feet on the wooden planks, you know, and and think, that's how we need to see that. I, I think also we should make people aware that sometimes you're not seeing something. Sometimes um, you're smelling something or tasting something, or you suddenly get a flashback to a past experience of some sort. I mean, there are lots of ways that that you can get messages from the other side. I know it, it's really funny that, you know, sometimes I will suddenly smell something and it will mm-hmm. take me back to a situation with, with, a, with someone who just crossed over. And I'll know they were, they were sending me a reminder of something. And yeah. it's, it's those moments that 
you know, most people just shrug off. They don't realize that the other side, I mean, the other side is trying like crazy to get your attention. <laughs> they're, they're, they're going like, come on, man. I'm knocking on the window. you got to pay attention. You know? Yeah. Don't let, if you've lost somebody significant, right, don't let that transition go to waste. You know, don't be the same person. You know, there's a great poem from Haruki Murakami, quote, and he said, once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through, how you managed to survive. You won't even be sure whether the storm is really over. But one thing is certain. When you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. That's what storms are all about. You know, what a waste if I was the same. Not that I was a bad guy. I wasn't a pirate. But I'm not the same guy I was prior to January 3rd, 2016. I care a lot more about people, especially people who've lost children. I care a lot more about broken hearts than I ever did before, you know. So I wasn't going to waste this transition. You know, it, it changed me, and it changed me for the better. I, I, clearly it did. Now, you've got a wife and two other children. How did it affect I do. them? Oh, so... My wife, who's just magnificent, I, you know, I've been married, Shelly and I have been married 31 years, and, and, you know, first time I saw her, she took my breath away, and I never looked at another woman after that, you know, and, and she's brilliant, she's a therapist, she's coming out with her own, her first book about raising a challenging boy and then losing him, um, she's working very closely with her editor on that now, and, and she's brilliant and loving and supportive. And, you know, she gets the fact that I get this gift where I get to connect and hear from Chris. She feels him all the time. She knows he's uh-huh. around. He adores his mama. You know, you know, six months after he transitioned, we saw a tweet on his phone that said, two things in the world I love most. Two things I love most in the world, my dog and my mom. You know? <laughs> and, and so that's how he feels about his mama, you know. Um, but I think the reason I get these messages is because, you know, I'm, I, I use it to connect other people who've had that loss, right? And it's, uh-huh. it's, a, and it's, it's a journey he wants me on. So Sally's completely on board, seen mediums, know he's around, connects with them, had wonderful healings with Rebecca Rosen. We've had these ex- amazing experiences with mediums together and separate. Um, and so, but like me, you know, sometimes we'll just look at each other and start crying and kind of go to different parts of the house because we don't want to tear each other's hearts apart. You know, we're both uh-huh. broken because of this, even though we spiritually know we'll see our boy again and he's around us. You know, my my son is, you know, putting his life together, but, you know, his older brother was his hero. William was a state-ranked lacrosse player in Illinois. And just kind of walked away after, you know, his his brother transitioning took the sail, the wind out of his sails. You know, he yeah. he's out in Boulder. He's doing fine. He's got a wonderful girlfriend, working hard. Um, but it's but it, you know, he in in the second book, there's a chapter called "The First or the Worst" that he wrote. You yeah. know, um, my daughter Caroline works with me. She was a teacher. She's 26. She's wonderful, and I adore her. And she's mad at her brother, you know, and doesn't want to hear about mediums, doesn't want to hear about the metaphysical. <laughs> she's, she's, still, she's just mad at him, you know. 
She told me yeah. one time, she said, Dad, we were finally getting close, and then he left me, you know? And and so one thing we do, Sally and I, we've done plenty wrong as parents, you know, but we let all of us heal and grieve in our own fashion at our own pace, right? Uh-huh. If Caroline doesn't want to sign on to what I'm doing, God bless her. She's a wonderful gal, you know. William's more open to it, but, you know, he's 22, you know. He's, and, and to look at him, it almost stops you because he looks like his brother. He's he's become kind of a mascot to the all the boys that were at Alpha Kappa Lambda, which was a fraternity Christian who was in. All these boys are, you know, he just came back from hiking with them in the Smoky Mountains and, they come out to the golf outing and we go to all the weddings and I think William's kind of their mascot, their little brother, you know, and, That's and, so cool. and sometimes it, you'll see them looking at him like, Holy cow. He looks just like his brother or he said that uh-huh. just like his brother, you know? So, you know, step by step, you know, Barbara, we're all getting, we're, we're all walking through this heartbreaking world, but you know, um, they can't, they can't heal on my agenda and I can't heal on theirs, you know. And so I give them lots. All I can do is love them. Just love them to death, well, you know. I, I think you've made, you've made a really good point that, that, that I want to kind of underline here that, that everyone heals in their own way in their own time. There is no yeah. set six months you should be here, a year you should be here, a year and a half. It, it's, that, that's wrong. If you are overcoming a loss of any kind, especially a child, but even a spouse or a good friend, yeah. um, it it takes time, and everybody has their own time frame that that you know they'll go along and they'll be just fine, and then all of a sudden the dams break and you don't know why you're yep. you, you know it's it's it overwhelms you. It's it happens um, every and, day. And it, to this day, it happens every day. Oh yeah. At least once yeah, a day, I mean, there, you know, there I'll step are, on some emotional landmines, you know. My 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 last husband has been gone ten years, and um, when he drove across country a long time ago, and just as he was coming into California, that that song, you know, Hotel California came on, yeah. and it seemed to be it seemed to be his song, and. If when that song comes on the radio, and God knows it was not that popular, and but but I, you know, there are times when I hear it played six and eight times in a day, and it's like, okay, Patrick, I know you're around. You know? Yeah, yeah. But, but the tear, the tears flow, and yeah. and you know, it's it's just it's kind of a rema- reminder that they're still there, they're watching over you, they're with you. And and if you're open to communicate, there are ways that you can you can work on yourself to get to be able to get the communication that that they so deeply want as well as you. Um, it's right. Just that you know, it, it's they're not they're not coming for lunch, so don't set a place. But you know what? I, I I don't want to be over it. You know, you know. I know that people parents have asked me. You know. Somebody said to them, aren't you over it yet? You know, well, the answer is no, and I don't want to be over it. I always want to, when I hear a song like, you know, a Jimmy Buffett song, you know, I, I uh-huh. Son of a Son of a Sailor, you know, I, I'm glad it still hugs at my heartstrings. I'm glad it still gives me pause. 
you know, I don't want to be, I don't want the connection. I'm not royal, you know, riling in my grief, but I will tell you that at least once a day, I do stumble on something and I stop and I cry. And one of the messages uh-huh. I gave to the parents out in Phoenix was that it's okay not to be okay. You know, yeah. you don't have to be okay because other people think you should be, you know, find other well, people. Let's... <laughs> you know, if somebody thinks you should well, be okay, no, let's face go it, find a, other people. A piece a piece of your life has been torn out right. and and you mourn that and that's okay yeah. that's appropriate and, but but and it's okay you know you, yeah uh, at the same time um you know you you're here for a reason you have a job to do right and you know and it's a different job than i had before i tell you, my job before was raising my kids and being a good family man and and a good producer and all that stuff. You know, I have a different job now. You know, I'm still supposed to do those things. I have a path now that I'm supposed to provide service and supposed to provide paths to people who think that it's over, you know, think that their children are gone, you know. And, and it's amazing. I, you know, stumbled on, stumbled on. I have a webpage called joemcquillan.net, a lot of good interviews and stuff like that. And... I didn't realize people were responding to me on this webpage, you know, and and all of a sudden I'm looking and there's probably 30 emails that I hadn't responded to. So starting yesterday, I started one by one going through each one, <laughs> responding to them and basically just telling them, you know, I'm no expert, by the way. Chris keeps telling me that, too. You know, don't get your head full, Pop. You know, you're not an expert. But what I am is maybe a couple of laps around the track ahead of somebody else who maybe just yeah, lost yeah. a child and doesn't know what to do and how to act, you know. And, and and if people don't understand you, I mean this from my heart. Find new people. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. Find new people, you know. Well, do, now, do you think that this was preordained? Do you think that his, I mean, I, I know he had several almost, uh, well, near-death experiences. Three. This do was you, his third, yeah. Do you, do you so think? So here's I, what I, mean, I think. Okay. That's a great question. And here's what I think. I think that he, his sole contract was to leave early. Um, I don't think it had to be the day of the accident. I think this is what I think. This isn't what I know. You know, I think we have exit points where we could leave the highway but we don't necessarily uh-huh. have to. Um, you know, there's a great line from the, 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 the book, The Shack, where, where God said to a father who lost his daughter horribly, so just because I work incredible good out of unspeakable tragedies doesn't mean I orchestrate the tragedies. So I don't yeah. believe Christopher was preordained to die in a canoe accident. I think he had probably signed a sole contract to leave early. Rebecca Rosen, the brilliant medium, we were about 300 people in a, in a hotel uh, conference room. And, and she came up and she said, okay, who over here lost a son in a canoe at 20 or 21? And I raised my hand. My wife raised her hand. And, and she said, if he didn't leave that day, he would have left the next year. You know, his contract was to leave early. And then you would talk about music. She said to me, and this goes back to Patrick 
Barrasso from the ranch. When Christopher was working at the ranch as a, as a, as a life coach, we have a band of, of friends that play some music together. And some of them are really good professional musicians like Nashville types. And, and, and the rest of us just kind of strum along and sing with them. And, uh, and we went out to put out a show for these kids because we figured, hey, you know, you know, they're stuck out in the middle of the desert. Let's come out. We'll put on a, we'll put on a, a, a nice concert for these boys. And, and, and we did. And one song that we sing, which is kind of the core of our, of our band, is, is a Tim McGraw song called Live Like You Were Diet. So as we did this song, I looked out and I saw Patrick literally hold his chest, put his arms around himself and sit on a picnic table. And I went up after him and I said, Patrick, you know, he's the guy who founded the ranch. I said, what was that? He said, Joe, I founded this ranch with a friend of mine who died of cancer. That was his favorite song. That was, his, that was the way he lived life. And so we do that song every year at a golf, our golf outing. We dedicate it to Patrick. But now I'm, we're sitting in this hotel room in, in, in middle of Chicago, and, and Rebecca Rosen said, your son Christopher's in a Hawaiian shirt. He looks like Brad Pitt. He's beautiful. And he's sending you a song. He said, you have a connection for country music. And he's sending you a song. And it's live like you were dying. Does that make sense to you? And I was like, holy cow, does that make sense to me? You know, so, you know, the, the, the music sometimes is a way for them to connect and validate. And so, you know, that's the kind of message that you've got to live like you were dying. You know, if this uh-huh. were your last day, you know, how are you going to spend it? You know, uh, and, and we all get to be together again. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I think that that there. I have learned that there are exit points we all have, yeah. and you know, you you don't necessarily have to take them. And and it's it's uh, it's just amazing right. how. You know, you, you see those those moments in time in retrospect, and it was like, oof, that might that may have been one of my exit points. I'm I'm glad I missed it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> or it missed me, right? You know, I I read I, a book early on by uh, um, the, um, Kim Russo, right? She wrote a book called The Happy Medium, and she said in The Happy Medium that the third NDE is always the exit point. Always the exit ramp, you know that. Okay. And, and I, I have no idea why, but she had written about her friend, the pilot, and this was Christopher's third near-death experience. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's things that we're not going to know until we take that step across, right? But there's, uh-huh. but there's things that there's rules that you know. It's like, well, why didn't the angels stop him? Why didn't God save him? You know, and I don't know. But I do know there are some rules that that you have to adhere to, you know. And for some reason, the third NDE usually ends up, or in Kim's, you know, definition, always ends up in the transition, in the crossing over, mm-hmm. you know. So Chris had two near-death experiences. We walked in the third one, you know, my reckless, sweet, loving boy, you know, made his made his his journey across the river, you know. Yeah, but you know, it's 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 kind of in a way he he went full of laughter, full of joy, full of fun and with friends. I mean, yeah. you're gonna go. That's not right. a bad way to go. 
You know, I'll tell you another cool thing. And I, I, I tried to look her up out in, uh, in Phoenix because she was speaking there, um, you know, and, Mary C. Neal wrote a book called uh, Heaven and Back. And she's this brilliant surgeon who drowned in a canoe in South America and then came back and uh-huh. wrote this amazing narrative. And she wrote about what it was like to drown. Now, Sally and I never talked about it, you know, because we both had this fear that it was lonely and scary and cold in this lake in January in Wisconsin. And she wrote how that was blissful and peaceful and beautiful in her transition. And it, and it, and it, it just made, it, I literally had to pull over forever and cry. You know, wow. I had to pull over and cry with relief because I knew my boy wasn't in pain or in fear. That this, there was this blissful transition and that he just woke up on the other side. And I'm so grateful for that. And I really, I sent her an email and tried to find her, but I think she'd just come in for her presentation and took off. But I wanted to meet her and just say thank you. You know, you gave, she gave me a lot of peace, you know. And so that's what I hope. The peace that Mary C. Neal, Dr. Mary Neal, gave me, you know, about that experience, I want to give other parents about other experiences, you know, so that they know, you know, and, and know that's not a void. So that, that's, that's, I've been given this amazing gift of connecting with my son, you know, but I got to give it away to keep it, right? If I hoard this like King Midas's treasure, you know, maybe it goes away and I'm not taking that risk, you know? So I'm going to share oh, this yeah. gift. I'm going to talk to you, you know, you, you, you know, and, and, it's, and it's amazing. I had a wonderful conversation with Gail whose you know, son just transitioned not long ago. We just had this wonderful conversation on the phone yesterday. She said, do you have time to talk to me? And I said, I'll find time. You know, yeah. I'll find time. You know, and you know why? This is important. I live my life two ways. To please my God and make my son proud. And if every decision is based on those two tenets, I can't make a bad decision. I can't go wrong. Oh, absolutely right. <coughs> Excuse me. There is a poem. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and it's the love in your heart wasn't put there to stay. Love isn't love till you give it away. Hmm. I like it. I like it. Me too. I like it. Um, it's... Uh, it's, I think, one of the, the, the special things about what you're doing is you're honoring him and, and you are creating a memory not only for yourself but for thousands of other people, which is a really important thing to do. You know, I think... Many, I'm sorry, go ahead. In many, ways, though, in many ways, though, his death was your entree into your purpose in life. You know, I, I believe that, but it sucks, and I hate it. You know, I I, <laughs> I hate that thought. Um, but, I, but I do, in fact, believe that. Um, 
you know, I wish it wasn't true. You know, I wish that my purpose didn't involve his, his crossing, but I, I think it, I think it, it is, you know, I think, you know, it, it's one of the two things that we made something good and tangible out of something horrible. Um, but I do believe well, you know, that. His, but his, but his work, Joe, was done. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. got you to a point where you would be able to, at some point, take that step to be able to communicate with him. So, and you know, he he crossed over so that he could establish his link on the other side. That was his job. I know. I know. Um, it's heartbreaking, but I completely believe that. You know. Well, you've got you've got so much. You know, you've done so much, and and I'm sure, I'm positive, there's another book. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm in, I'm starting the third already. You know, I, I'm starting all. I'm start. I'm I'm already in the third book. I'm going to be doing this and. And here's a cool thing. This is the title of, why the title of, uh, you know, we're not done yet, Pop. Is that as I was finishing the first book, Barbara, I was getting a little melancholy, which is a great term, right? A great Irish term. I was getting a little melancholy because I was afraid if once we finish this project, that maybe our connection would diminish, Right. And so, oh but he, but he wanted me to finish the book, and he wanted me to finish by Father's Day, and I and I did. I finished it by, I finished by Memorial Day, but he wanted me to finish it by Father's Day, and I did. And then he said to me, "We're not done yet, Pop. We're going to be writing books until you cross." And it was like somebody yeah. just took a huge weight off my shoulders, Barbara. And I knew that I'm free to finish this project, finish the second book. And he's still going to be right on my shoulder, right next to me, while every paragraph, every keystroke, everything. Well, I think each of the books is a stepping stone for a, a greater depth in the understanding of the process, and yeah. and how they how they are able to communicate. And you're probably going to be happily responsible for a lot of people beginning their own spiritual work so that they can make that connection, so that they can get the, that comfort and that love and that insight from the other side, from, from their loved ones that have crossed over. Isn't that something? You know, I actually do believe that in my heart of hearts, long after I'm with Chris on the other side, people will be reading our books, and, and it's going to be guiding them how to conduct, how to handle where they can connect with each other. You know, and that, that 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 sure as heck is rewarding to me. Well, in a way, it's it's uh, what I love about it is that there was a point in time when I was worried how how do how do we leave our mark on a society that is so transient? How do yeah. we leave our mark and and put a message out there for those that come after us? And, and then I realized that electronically every radio show is an energy that floats out there for all of eternity. Yeah. So that um so that so that this radio show and other radio shows, some of them strange and some of them wonderful, 
are going to be out there forever because they're on an Mark, electronic yeah. energy wave that can be picked up a million years from now. So that, so that you know, this is, is my amazing? way of, you know. Oh, yeah. Look, the impact that you're making on the universe. You know, I, when I go on Amazon and, and look at reviews or, or look at a review of, like, Kevin Moore's show or whatever, and I read the reviews, and when I read reviews that say, you know, I thought, you know, that my son was gone until I read your book and uh-huh. you gave me hope and comfort, or, you know, and I, I get these wonderful comments, and I realize that I've done my job. You know, I want to continue to do this job, you know, but I've done my job. You know, there's a, I, I you know, when, when, when he was, Buried, you know. Uh, we, we, we had Timothy too, and I don't quote scripture, but it said, "For I am already being poured out like a, like a libation, and the time uh-huh. of my departure is hand." You know, and so that just means that, you know, no matter what happens going forward, Barbara, I've done my job. You know, I've put it out there for moms and dads to read. If they're looking for a little guidance and a little love and a little support, you know, and, and, and a bit of a map quest, you know, that's yeah. what Christopher and I have already done. We're going to continue to do it, but if, but if the party was over tomorrow, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable that I've done my job. Well, you know, he was the first domino, and, and, and I can see a whole line of dominoes stretched out all over the place. You know how you, you flip the first domino and they keep flipping yeah. after that forever and ever and ever. Yeah. He was the first domino for, for your particular purpose here. And yeah. the more you put into it, the more you, the more you stretch yourself out, the more people you touch and the more, the more dominoes begin to fall so that there is a greater understanding of the other side and, and that it's nothing to be afraid of, and that that our loved ones are there, and um, I personally believe in reincarnation, so that so do I. So that there is, you know, another side. So that as a group, there there is there's a soul group, and that soul group reincarnates together. So that it's sort of like it, it's it's an ongoing connection. And it's a very deep one, and it's full of love and, and all sorts of wonderful energy. So that, you know, what you're doing now is, is just uh, expanding the soul group, so to speak. And I know this wasn't our first rodeo together. And I didn't know that before this. Right? What this has taught me is Chris and I have been through a lifetimes together. You know, and we've been through lifetimes together as siblings, which is why we were so comfortable with each other. You know, not just father, son, right? So, oh, yeah. you, know, you know, this isn't, and, and when you meet people and you feel like, God, I know them. How do you know, how do I feel like I've known them my whole life? Well, you probably have, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and you know, you probably have. There's, you know, the, the estimates 40 to 80, I think, lifetimes, you know, that uh-huh. that I've, I've heard, right? And, and so I know that I've been through lifetime with Christopher Many, many times, you know, and and this isn't the last one, you know. Oh, yeah. Somebody said to me, you know, saying goodbye to a, to a loved one or whatever, you know, was so painful. And I found a poem that I just loved. 
<clears throat> it was uh, go b- goodbye is not forever. Goodbye is not the end. It simply means I'll miss you until we meet again. I love that. Now, how about this? Rumi, the 12th century Persian poet, said that uh-huh. goodbyes are for those who love with their eyes. For those who love with their heart and soul, there's no such thing as separation. Absolutely. And you know, yeah, that's you why I that... laugh. When people talk about New Age, right? They talk yeah. about New Age. It's like, come on, this guy wrote this in the 1100s, right? <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I, have often, I have often said New Age is as old as time. I love that. I'm going to steal that. Oh, sure. <laughs> Thank you. I love that, you know, and it's like people talk about the afterlife. Well, it's only after this life, right? Yeah. You know, it's only after this, this time around. And and I believe in my soul of souls that, you know, you want to, you're done. If you transition and you're done, I believe my father's been done since he transitioned this lifetime in 88. I've been told that, that he's, he's uh-huh. done. You know, he's. He's been, you know, been through the ringer. He is finished. You know, I believe Christopher's going to want to come back and be a father, right? Oh, yeah. You know, and I hit, I was worried about missing him on the metaphysical superhighway, right? And then until I figured out that oh, the, the spirit that's Christopher McQuillan's son of Joseph McQuillan will always be on the other side. But a part of his oh, yeah, soul I will mean, come back as a new spirit. Well, yeah, and there is no time on the other side. I mean, right. time is something, you know, we use on this plane, but not that one. So, uh, <clears throat> but, <clears throat> excuse me, he was talking about different levels, too. And you, you compared them to the to the 12-step, which I thought was very cute. Um, <laughs> has, has he explained the, the different levels at all to you at all? Yes, yeah. You know, when he was at the ranch, they had... Um, there was different levels of spirituality. There was earth, water, fire, and, and something else. But those were the different levels that you would raise your levels of your spiritual growth. You know, and here they were surrounded by the, the beautiful foothills in, in, in Tucson of the Rangoon Mountains and the Dragoons. And, and it was... Uh, and so each level, and so he explained to me, he said, Dad, my levels here are like the levels at the ranch. He said, now, I don't want you worried because me moving up in levels doesn't, isn't going to diminish our communication. It's kind uh-huh. of like me calling you long distance from Tucson or Los Angeles. It's the same clarity. It's not going to matter. You know, we'll always have this. So, you know, I understand that I've also been told certain spirits that I know are happy in the level they crossed over at, don't want to move up. Christopher yeah. has continued to move up in different levels, you know, and that's really heartwarming to me. I think he's, like he did at the ranch, he's taking his role very responsibly um, uh, about moving up in levels on the other side. Well, you know, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, part of it, is that he doesn't have to, so it's more fun. Yeah, yeah, it's your choice. You know, he said, you know, he wasn't a great student. He was great on the ranch, but he was never a great student. But he said to me, Dad, you know, 
I'm a really good student now. You know, know, he said he's learned to speak French. He's learned to surf. He said, which might be a little dangerous for me at my age, you know, (laughs) and he laughed at me. Um, You know, so, yeah, you know, so, so, you know, the levels are, you get, you want to sit on your butt, you know, on the other side, it's your prerogative. You want to advance and move up and become more spiritually evolved. That's your opportunity too. And that's what Chris is doing. I'm told by mediums all the time, but man, he's evolved. He's actually, my one buddy, Andrew Anderson, said he actually appears bigger, which means he's evolved as a spirit on the other side. Well, that is cool. I know that, 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 you know, contacting and communicating with somebody as much as you have on the other side certainly adds to your, your, level of comfort in knowing that there is the other side. And <clears throat> so many people believe there is, but very few people know that there is. Yeah, I know. He said to me, he said, Pop, when you cross, it'll be less of a surprise for you. He said there won't be as much of a learning curve because of the conversations that we've been having. Uh-huh. He said, but... You'll be walking through the woods, and you'll walk across the stream, and I'll be there. He said, I can't help you across, but I can be there the minute you step across, and then we'll be together. You know, so I know what, I know what it's going to be like. I know what the transition is going to be like. You know, the learning curve, is, you know, he said that his was he had to learn all new, but I've, he's been telling, talking to me about this for a number of years, so none of this is going to be a surprise to me. You know, that I'm just going to take that one step across and bang, we're together again. That's, that's true. I had one <clears throat> one woman whose teenage son had crossed over. This goes back a lot of years. Yeah. And she said, you know, do you have him? And I said, I'm pretty sure I do. And, and she said, what does he have to say to me? And I said, he wants you to know that Elvis really is dead and he's over there. And <laughs> I thought, I thought, oh, my God, how can I tell her this? And she, she burst into tears. She said, that's my son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It, you know what? They're, I, they're, I, they are there. Oh, yeah. I, it's, just, it's just, you know, they, not with the same notoriety and stuff like that, but that was the one thing that her son always, you know, he was a fan. He He really loved Elvis and his life and he knew all of me. I mean, he was an expert on him and <clears throat> just as he was passing, he said to his mother, I'm going to check and see if Elvis is really there. And that was the first message she got from her son. <laughs> Not, I love you, Mom, and don't worry or anything. Elvis is really dead. He's over here. <laughs> How is this? Here's so. what Chris said to me on t- October 16th. He said, I miss you too, Dad. We will share this place, this incredible place. It'll be like crossing a shallow stream. You have to cross it yourself, but I'm right on the other side. So it's just natural to walk across to me. And then you're in. You'll be on the other side, you and me. How's this for awesome? But not today. Today is for writing uh-huh. books and presentations. Carry the word, Pop. We're all behind you. Yeah. You know, how validating is that? It's so, it's so cool, and yet... You know, it's kind of like, well, damn, I have more work to do. Um, 
<laughs> but, you know, it's kind of like, I know that I'm not going to pass until I finish the work I have to do. <clears throat> yeah. And 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 you know I've got a long list. I've got a long bucket list here. So I once said to my son, you know, I will probably traumatize my great grandchildren at the rate I'm going. <laughs> <clears throat> so well, I I kind of figure I I think I know about when I'm going to cross over, and I'm really comfortable with it. I mean, I don't know my huh? date. But I have a feeling, you know, and and it's kind of comforting to me. You know, I, I kind of know when this whole thing is going to, you know, going to go. And, and you know, it it's, it's, it's fits kind of in my plan, so I'm grateful. I think that's a good thing. And it, it, it feels like, too, you know, when... <clears throat> When one of your kids has a child and it's a it's a son, I I will bet you money they name him Christopher. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't <clears throat> doubt it. You know my my son William, when when Christopher had the the America the family uh, crest tattooed on his forearm when he graduated from Mid Balance Ranch, his conservative yeah. mom <laughs> took him, you know, went, gave in and and she was out there in Tucson and took him to a tattoo parlor. And William, when he was 16, took Christopher's driver's license after Christopher transitioned that I had put away and went to a, went to a uh, tattoo parlor here where we have to be 18 and showed his ID. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he looked like his brother and had the, the same family crest tattooed on his forearm and, uh, and, his, and, 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 and his bicep and, uh, and 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 I have a feeling that when William has a son, he'll he'll be Christopher. Oh yeah, I wouldn't doubt that at all. Me neither. No, I think that <clears throat> I think that your you know both your kids too are going to come to terms in a you know in their own way. Um, it's, it's you know they both have had different relationships with him when he was alive, so it would only stand to reason that they would have different time frames in in dealing with the whole process on their own. And he's working with them, and he's told me that. You know, he said, you know, he said, don't, uh, we were worried about Will, you know, and he said, don't worry about Will, Pop, I got him. You found your way. Uh-huh. I got him. You know, so when your son in spirit tells you he's got him, he's got him. It's okay, well, you know. Also, also one of the ways that the other side does communicate with us is in dream state, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's how he's working with with his brother and his yeah. sister. Yeah, yeah. I think she's still a little. It's going to take a little while to break through, but we got time, you know. And I think oh, yeah. Chris is already coming to will. Well, I bet he's he's actually with both of them. They they don't even probably notice the. Uh, coincidences and the synchronicities that are happening in their lives that are, are allowing them to be more comfortable with the whole process. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know when he's guiding me, and I think they're mm-hmm. learning. You know. Well, those. The, you know, I think most people don't realize 
the synchronicities that occur in their lives and, and how spirit is always at work within those synchronicities, giving messages that are subtle and simple. And and the more you recognize the, the synchronicities, uh, the more you recognize the coincidences and write them down, the more yeah. connected you are to the whole to the whole process and the more easily it is to then transition over to actually communicating with the other side. I think you're right. I think it's 100%. You know, I think um, sometimes it just takes, yeah. it, it, you got to let go. It's like being, right? It's like being on the, you, you're on the top of the, the high dive and you just got to step off and let go. Well, yeah, that's true. And so, so often, we our ego gets in the way and tries to interpret things in in the wrong way, and um, you know putting the ego aside and letting spirit speak is is not an easy thing for us to do. But but trust me, you know eventually you get to the point where you recognize the ego and spirit and you know the difference. And it's yeah. just it's a matter of working on it and with it. I'm with you. you, you 100%. Yeah, you won't get lottery numbers, I'll tell you that, because I tried that. <laughs> I know. And I, I just <laughs> blow it anyhow. <laughs> you know, he's told me a number of times when I've been, you know, a couple of times, you know, I've been so caught up in financial stuff and that he would say, you know what, Pop, you know, it's not even worth visiting today because I can't get, you know, you're blocking it, you know. You're concerned yeah. over things on this side is blocking or, or, you know, so I have to cleanse and, and, and get rid of my fear of economic insecurity or whatever, greed or whatever, and realize that that's not what really matters. That's not going to last, you know. Well, you know there's no, there's no luggage field. rack on hearses, right? There's no luggage rack on yeah. hearses. <laughs> no. But, you know, there's... There's something about being in in the field, and and I don't mean professionally. I mean, I mean, you know, actively working on 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 opening yourself up and learning about stuff. And and the more you you become involved with it, the more understanding you get, and the better your connection and your energy field. The universe will always make sure you have what you need. I'm underlining need, not necessarily what you want. But you right. always have what you need to get to go forward, and and I've had moments in my life when you know this is how I'll spend the million dollars when I win it, and I hear yeah. <clears throat> I hear laughter on the other side. It's like you know you yeah. you've got to be joking. You think we're going to give you that? Um, yeah. But I've yeah. always they, had they what say I that needed. God answers God God answers all prayers. <clears throat> yes, no, and you're not ready yet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Another one is. God answers all prayers, and sometimes the answer is no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, if you're if you're truly on a spiritual pathway, if things yeah. go terribly sour, there's something to be learned, and once you pick up on what that lesson is, then everything goes back to normal again. So right. in the think, in the flow, think, I'm a big fan of the book The Secret, right? And they talk about that. You know, oh, yeah. you got to be grateful, you know, and. And when the universe does open up, you gotta show gratitude, and you gotta, you gotta pay homage to whoever, you know, is is the source. And in this case, God, you know. Absolutely. Now, there's so much to this. It, it doesn't. You don't have to um, 
sign up for a woo-woo convention. You just well, I certainly to... wouldn't. I certainly don't seem like the type of guy for a woo-woo convention, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're out there. <clears throat> I know. But I know there are. But but you know it's it's a it's interesting. It is a singular pathway you're on. Yet you always have company if you open yourself up to it. But you know, I was with 900 people. I was up in, in helping parents heal out in Phoenix with a wonderful gal, Elizabeth Basson, put this group together. And this was their second international conference. And I was honored to present to a, a group, a breakout group. But we were with 900 parents, all of the same mindset, spiritual connection. Same shining light parents. <clears throat> I mean, it was so amazing, Barbara. Just the energy in that room. Everybody just connecting with their kids, you know. Yeah. And all their kids together on the other side. You know, it's been a week and I'm still floating. Well, it's, it's one of the better highs there is, for sure. Right. And I've tried them all. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, I've tried uh, quite a few of them, and it's the only one you don't get a hangover from, for sure. That's right. That's right. That's right. And it's and nobody's looking over your shoulder. It's legal. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 kind of like it's not a hangover. It's a hang on. Yeah, man. You just wanna you just wanna hold on to that that feeling, that yeah. high, that connection. Absolutely. Nine hundred people in a room while Susan Geisman. You know, you know, ended ended with this wonderful talk, and we were all holding these electric candles up and saying our own kids' names, and it was just and you know they were just on the other side, man, hugging and celebrating, just grateful that their parents, you know, are 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 making the journey, and still yeah. keeping them in the forefront of their lives. You know, there's nothing that more is. important in my life than my son Christopher. It wasn't on this side; and it's still on the other. You know. Oh, yeah. He's what, you know, there is nothing more important than that boy to me. Well, he is special. There's no doubt about it. I just noticed our time. We're out of it. Oh, my God. Um, I, I, that's shocking to me. <laughs> oh, I, now why should it be? It's your favorite topic. Of course it's time for It's my favorite uh, topic. We could go on for two more hours. Yeah, well, they won't let me, so <laughs> I have to... I have to thank you. This has been this has oh. been such a pleasure and, and I you know, we'll have to do this again sometime because your message is that important. Anytime you want. And I'm here and thanks for heading me helping me spread Christopher's message. Remember if anybody wants to reach out to me, JoeMcQuillan.net, dot net and my email is jbmcquillan at gmail dot com. Reach out. Um is there anything I can help on the path that you're on? That's what Christopher wants me to do. Fantastic. And I thank you so much. Um, I thank also everybody for listening. Check us in tomorrow night. Mark Eddy has a great show, and I'll be back again next Monday. Thanks for being with us, everybody, and good night. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.